Hello again, friends. Thank you so much for joining me here. It is Greg with the Wisdom of the Wilderness podcast. Thank you for being here and spending a little bit of your day learning something new. We are here to share wisdom gained from time spent in nature with a dose of inspirational and empowering stories of everyday people that move through uncharted territory, both literal and figurative. I hope you are as excited as I am to get to this week's episode. Here we go. Hey, all right. Thank you for joining me, friends. It is a rainy afternoon here on the wet coast, uh, but it's good. The plants are growing great. Lots and lots and lots of greenery has popped up here lately. We are coming up on the summer solstice, and uh, I've got chickpeas are about like a foot high. Uh, The tomatillos and potatoes are doing great, and this rainfall coming from the sky instead of from the garden hose is really good for them. So, well, well, I am a little bit sad that I'm not standing barefoot in the grass in the sunshine. Um, this is good for everything, and it's a nice day to just uh, take a little break. I have what I hope is an interesting episode and one that really adds some value because the topic we're going to go through today is um, some tips for buying a car. Uh, my, <laughs> If you've followed along, my experience recently buying a car went uh, so fantastically well that uh, there's been a few episodes about it. But I've learned a lot, and uh, I thought, when I looked around, I noticed there wasn't too many podcasts about it. So I thought, heck, why not just make one? There's a lot of information uh, out there in the land of the interwebs, and there is a lot of people that are probably going to buy a vehicle at some point in their lives. And uh, it turns out that, uh, how to put this succinctly and politely, um, car salespeople rank right up there in the top of the list of untrustworthiness, along with politicians and lawyers. So... No, I'm just going to leave that where it is. Um, yeah. There's some great videos you could find online. <clears throat> leave it at that. But what I wanted to talk about was some of the things that you can do if you are buying a car. And I also wanted to, or truck or vehicle, um, also want to talk a bit about my experience because this is all stuff that I looked at ahead of time. And when I actually got to go and look at the vehicle, there's a lot of things I totally and completely skipped. And one of the goals here with this podcast has been that uh, I'm sharing stuff as it is and as it happens. Uh, These are personal experiences to me. I have had them. I have learned from them. I think it provides value and benefit to a lot of people to go through to the best of my ability the thinking processes behind things, uh, what happened behind the scenes, and what went well, and what could have been improved upon. I really... uh, There's a lot that can be said out there for uh, expert knowledge and people, you know, being infallible and whatnot. Um, So I just want to be as open and transparent about things as I can. I uh, pretty colossally screwed up this uh, car purchase. (laughs) But from that, there's a lot of stuff that I learned that I can share because, uh, yeah, it went wrong on me. And, um, yeah. So, anyways, 
I do not need to belabor that. Why don't we just get started? <clears throat> All right, find a car. There is a lot of things, a lot of things that uh, people are thinking about. And there's a lot of ways that uh, things can be ooh, hidden, manipulated, uh, glossed over, et cetera, et cetera. Because, you know, hey, this is a big purchase. This is something that's pretty exciting. Um, maybe it's uh, your first vehicle. Uh, you know, maybe there's been a big life change and now you need something that fits uh, a child. Or uh, it's, you know, your retirement and uh, you're getting something sporty or a motorhome or whatever it might be. You know, you move to a new place or maybe it's your first car because you've got around on a bike or walking for a long time. I can still remember uh, getting my first car. And uh, wow, yeah, that was, a, that was an experience. It opens up a whole new world of possibilities and independence. So, yeah, getting the car. Um, where to start? Gosh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> when you get there, when you get to look at the video, there are some great things you can do before. Um, one of the most useful things for me, I knew, well, yeah, I pretty colossally screwed screwed up that car buying experience. So um, I actually wanted to buy a truck. And I've wanted a truck for a long time. And I know what I want to get. And I know the criteria of it. And uh, instead, I bought something else. Hooray me. But that, that's the first thing I want to start with is looking at the criteria. What do you need? There are tons of people out there that will say, this car is exactly what you need. This truck is exactly what you need. This motorhome is exactly what you need. But the person who knows exactly what you need is you. You. You and your partner or you. So, you know, if you got a couple kids and you want something uh, fuel efficient, blah, 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 you know what your criteria are. Do you need to have accessible cup holders? Does it have to have Bluetooth? Does it need to be able to carry soccer gear for four people? Does it need to get to the mountains to go skiing or hiking? Uh, is it going to be used for running errands on Saturday afternoons? Uh, you know, you know what you're going to be using a vehicle for. And it's important to have that criteria ahead of time because there's a lot of people that the minute you get in someone will tell you how perfect it is for you once you're in it. I know for me, there are things that I, I want in uh, the truck I'm going to get. And there are things I could not possibly care less about or actually don't want. So it's been a really interesting experience uh, going through the Craigslist route and uh, talking to a few salespeople at dealerships and uh, seeing how there's a pretty big disconnect between this is what I'm saying I want and this is what you're telling me I want. So just something to be aware of, of, you know, you know what your criteria are. And uh, <laughs> I'll relate this to dating um, from the online dating profiles. Back in the day when I was on eHarmony, there was a list of must haves and there was a list of can't stands. So it has been very helpful and beneficial for me to have a list of must-haves for this truck that I will be buying in the very near future, or I dare say may even have by the time this episode comes out. Whoa! But that's important. You know, know what you need, know what the things are that you're not going to compromise on, and uh, other stuff that you might compromise on. There's a lot of examples. Maybe it's color, maybe it's air conditioning, power locks. Uh, manual transmission, whatever it is, know, know your criteria ahead of time. When you get to go and take a look at the car, uh, ask questions. For the love of all that is holy, ask 
questions. Um, you know, hey, uh, if you're, I'm going to focus just on a used car because I do not foresee myself buying anything new for a while. Um, lesson I win that lotto tonight. But uh, a used car, you know, questions. So, hey, why are you selling it? Uh, what work has been done on it recently? Does it need any work? Is there anything wrong with it? Um, just, yeah, questions. You know, how, how long have you had it? Are you the original owner? Has it been any accidents? Uh, did it come from a state or province that uses salt on the road? So there might be issues with frame or corro the rusting, um, corrosion. Anything that you can think of is a good question. Uh, a big one I noticed because I thought I had found the perfect vehicle for me forgot to ask this question and then went for a test drive, uh, which I actually had to terminate the test drive after about two minutes of driving because the car had been smoked in. Sorry, the truck had been smoked in. Uh, I didn't realize how, uh, what that can be like. Uh, had absolutely everything I was looking for, great price, went on the test drive and uh, I was damn near sick in that vehicle um, just from closing the windows up and testing the AC. So, you know, ask questions. Know what's important to you. Ask questions about them. And uh, it's okay to just walk away or to say, hey, no thanks. That is a deal breaker for me. And uh, from personal experience, it's better to, to do that ahead of time than to get to the test drive stage. Whew, yeah, that was a weird experience. Um, anyways, on the next list, uh, inspect stuff inspect things take a look at it so you know if you're not comfortable going opening up the hood or rolling around on the ground underneath the vehicle um bring a trusted friend associate brother-in-law sister-in-law cousin whoever it might be or pay to have it go to a mechanics and get the mechanic to do an inspection for you this is a thing it is very 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 useful to do uh i did not do that with the car that i bought I bought it after about 30 minutes of looking at it. Well, we'll tell the story after. Um, ask questions and check everything. Do not assume things. Um, hey, it might look great. You might get distracted noticing how shiny it is, how it's just been washed, how it's polished. You might totally miss that uh, a whole bunch of stuff on the undercarriage is completely rusted out. Uh, you might not notice that, hey, wow, this is making a weird noise. Um, you might not notice, hey, Visually, it looks like it's sitting to one side. That's a bad thing. So, you know, ask questions, inspect it. Uh, do all the windows go up and down? Does the air conditioning come on? Does the heater work? Gosh, uh, does the little gas cap thing, does it actually open it? Uh, test all this stuff up. These are important things to know ahead of time. And uh, in some cases, if there are issues, you may be able to negotiate a lower price because of those issues. So you don't need to know everything, but check things and ask questions. The next thing, drive it. That is important. You do not want to buy a vehicle that you have not driven. Uh, once you get in and get in the driver's seat, you will notice things like, uh, oh, hey, wow, yeah, actually, it's kind of a pain in the ass to see anything out of this vehicle because of how tall I am. Uh, wow, that's important to know before you buy it. And then now you're stuck with it and you're trying to sell it. Um, 
drive a casino, does it make noise? Uh, and take it take it for a little cruise in different places. Hop on the freeway, see how it accelerates, see how the brakes work, make sure that's good. Do the turn signals work? Do all the internal things. And do you like driving it? Do you feel comfortable? Can you see as far ahead as you'd like to? Can you see out the windows? Can you see in the mirrors? Uh, you know, if you need to, can you see a child in the back seat? Do you have room for all the stuff that you're going to be driving around with? Uh, these are important things to know. And these are things you find out on the road. Does it make noise going over a speed bump? You know, does it make noise if you back up? Better to know ahead of time. This is something you're going to buy. This is a, a big purchase. And one I'm sure the terminology now is it's an investment in something. Um, but it's, it's good to know that before you've got it. Next one I had written down is staying within your budget. Have an idea of what your budget is. Um, well, I know where I am here, there is the car listing price. And then there is 12% tax on top of that for any vehicle, new or used. And that's before you get to insurance. So say a car's asking price is $20,000. You got to also factor in there is going to be 12 more percent that you got to pay. And that's before somebody like a dealer might have a document fee or a cleaning fee or anything else like that. Don't pay those, by the way. Not worth it. But stay within your budget. If your budget's $25,000, say, then that needs to include the cost of the vehicle, the cost of any repairs to the vehicle, and the insurance for the vehicle to get it on the road. That was something that I took a long look at when I was deciding what the budget's going to be uh, for this truck that's coming to me. This is the budget, so that means around this number is what uh, the, uh, the, the price I'm going to pay because I have to allow these extra percentages. So that's going to be different for everybody out there. That's just what British Columbia does here. Um, everywhere is going to be different. So just something to be aware of. When you're buying a car, it is really, really, really useful um, if you can narrow it down to a couple different makes or models, or even if you know, hey, I want to buy a blankety blank, blankety blank, then that's great because you can go online and you can do some research. Looks like pretty much every vehicle out there, there's a user group or a fan group forum that'll say, how do I change the brakes on a 1999 Subaru Forester? Has anyone had squeaky front rotors on a 2007 Mitsubishi Outlander? What are common engine failures on F-150 Fords? These are all things that are out there. So if you want to buy, say, an F-150, you can go out and you can see, hey, wow, yeah, this model year that I'm looking at, these are the common issues that happened with it. I can then ask these questions. I can then ask, ask and find out. I can go and see. It's good because you will know these are the things to look for. These are the critical failures or failure points or common issues with this specific vehicle. And in order to figure out those red flags or those common issues, you do that by learning, by researching things, whether it's online, whether it's by going to different dealers and testing things, picking up brochures, whatever it might be, talking to your sister who's got a vehicle she loves, talking to your coworker who's got your dream truck, you know, ask them, what do they like? What do they not like? You can learn by watching some videos online, by reading some articles online, by checking out sites like Consumer Reports and Car and Driver and watching road tests and looking at things. 
take everything with a grain of salt. You know, you know what you're looking for. Not everyone might be looking for that. But by looking at a number of different sources, you can start to get a feel for common issues, for red flags, for pros and cons of vehicles, for pros and cons of, you know, if you're looking at that part, like what are these different, what does XTR mean versus XLT versus super versus premium versus limited? You can find all that stuff out. So then that really starts to demystify it. And, you know, you don't get Googled sideways or, you know, get confused by somebody trying to throw when they're throwing stuff at you. Don't take just one source and especially not just the source of the person telling you it's a great deal. Uh, figure that out for yourself. Get different perspectives and decide for yourself. So my story, I learned a lot and uh, <laughs> this is so great to share to the world. Uh, didn't take my own advice, but it's okay. I learned a lot. I grew a lot. And hey, I got the great idea to share this on a podcast. So that's worth something. But there are a lot of things that I screwed up on with this vehicle that I bought. And I'm going to go through them because uh, they're little key points. But I thought, heck, why not? So anyways, this vehicle came online. And you might have heard me mention, I want a truck. I've wanted a truck for a long time. I know exactly what truck. I know exactly what I'm going to do with that truck. Uh, but I didn't buy it. A couple different reasons. I'm not going to go into them. But this car came up and it met a lot of the criteria for the vehicle. So that's why I went and looked at it. Uh, one of the biggest ones was price, cost. That's important. And what happened? So yeah, I like Craigslist. I've loved Craigslist for years and years and years. So just been watching Craigslist things and this came up and I thought, wow, that's a really good price. This has got a lot of stuff on it that I want. This fits the criteria, and it's a five-speed. I love manual transmission. I think it's really important to maintain that skill, keep that skill alive. And uh, this is a vehicle that I could work on. It doesn't have all that electronic stuff on it that uh, requires computers and special diagnostics and uh, basically a giant sack of money uh, if something happens. So I emailed about it. And I had asked the standard questions I have. Does it have liens? You know, does it, has it had any repair work? Uh, what's up with the tires? Uh, what do you know about it? Do you have service records? Do you have vehicle history? Do you have receipts for work done, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, got an email back. And uh, basically the point of the email was, you know, just call me. So set a time, got the phone number and then gave a call and asked the questions. Uh, the question sounded good, so I thought, heck, you know, okay, I will uh, get someone to come with me and uh, go and uh, check this vehicle out. So that's what I did. Uh, got in a vehicle and drove for an hour, because uh, that's where it was. Drove an hour on the freeway and went and checked this out. And uh, yeah, it, uh, <laughs> it was interesting. So uh, yeah, this part's going to be super fun for me. Uh, I wanted a deal. I wanted something that was within my budget, and this was much lower than my the top end of my budget. And I thought, well, at this price, that's great. I could get it for this price. I know there's going to be repairs. It's a used vehicle, and I had factored in certain things that could need to be repaired. But I also missed a bunch of stuff. So just from the things I went through, uh, get an inspection. 
check stuff out. I did not do that. I did not. Uh, in Canada, it's a Carfax. I think it's similar in America. It's basically a vehicle service history. It'll tell you if there's been any recalls, if there's been any accidents reported to uh, insurance, uh, some of the service records, if the shop, if there's a shop or a dealer that does them, they will put this information in. But sometimes it might just say at X amount of miles, vehicle serviced. X plus 10,000 miles later, vehicle serviced. Sometimes it will say differential oil changed, a head gasket repaired, tires rotated, but not always. Uh, and that's only if that stuff is done through the dealer. It does not cover if that was done by a do-it-yourselfer or if the person is a mechanic, you know, if the brother-in-law did it, you don't know. So that's something to be aware of. What I do personally is when I am changing the oil, I keep the receipt, I write the mileage on the top of the receipt, and I keep that in a file with the vehicle. Turns out that's also something that uh, if you are in a situation where your car is a total write-off and you're in a crazy accident, uh, incident that happens, uh, you can get more money because you're obviously going to get lowballed by the companies that are giving you money for your vehicle. Uh, but if you can show that you had been doing the regular maintenance and routine maintenance, and maintenance, you can actually negotiate more money than the number they give you. Highly recommend that. Um, but anyway, so this vehicle didn't do a Carfax, uh, didn't check the VIN, and that's the vehicle identification number. So that number can tell you a lot about the make, the model, the year, the series, where it was built, the stuff it's got, et cetera, et cetera. It's really useful to have that. And that's how you get the Carfax to uh, get all this service history information. Uh, but no, I did not do that. I wanted a deal. Uh, there were some other red flags. Um, the photos that I had seen, uh, it looked great. When I got there, uh, it was dirty on the inside. So again, not a huge red flag, but just something to be aware of. Uh, the tires were what said the tires were. Uh, notice there was two gigantic cracks on the windshield, which were not in any of the photos. So that was something. Um, so that was a flag like, hey, this is going to be replaced. Uh, definitely, I learned a lot about glass replacement and uh, private pay versus insurance pay and some of the fun things that are happening in uh, those worlds and uh yeah uh but you know, point being i i didn't do a full inspection i didn't i mean i looked i looked at the wheels i opened the hood and took a look uh i did not do a full pre-trip inspection there are some great videos online teaching you if you have a commercial driving license or i think i'm getting one it teaches you how to do a commercial vehicle inspection that you have to do so like a bus driver before they get on and drive the bus or a truck driver uh, or in some cases, like a taxi driver or, um, you know, like a 15-passenger van driver need to do them. But it's also a great way to just do a, a quick check yourself for, it's basically, is anything in critical need of repair? So you won't catch everything, but you will see the basics. So, you know, are there loose wires? Are there dangling wires? Is there, is does the axle look weird? Is there weird wear patterns on the tires? Uh, is there oil in the vehicle? Do all the gauges work? Uh, does the heater work? Does the volume on the radio work? Uh, does the parking emergency brake work? Et cetera, et cetera, right? That's, that's all stuff that's part of that. So you can watch a video and do it. And uh, yep, I totally did not do that. Um, 
I saw the video, I was like, wow, I like this. This is a great price. And my mind totally jumped to that versus the actual checklist of things I had printed out and was holding in my hand. Uh, I didn't do that. I did a quick visual and was like, yep, this is a good deal. I'm going to buy it. Um, so yeah, that, that was something I just completely and totally missed. Uh, but that is something that's important. And if that's not something you feel comfortable doing, bring a friend with you, bring a trusted associate with you, or you can pay the ticket to a shop and they will be happy to do an inspection for you. It takes half an hour or an hour. Uh, oftentimes, you know, they're happy to do it because they may be the one doing the repairs if you buy the vehicle. Uh, what else did I screw up? I didn't ask all of my questions. I had my list of questions and I didn't ask all of them because I got distracted by seeing how cool this vehicle would be. So totally messed that up. Again, we talked about it. Have your list of questions, know what's important, what's not important, and uh, go through it. Uh, take it for a test drive. Ahem. Yeah, this was a big one I talked about. Uh, I did not. The, again, this is stuff that's uh, British Columbia things. I'm not, I, I have zero real knowledge of how this works in other places. Um, you'd have to check your own state or province or territories uh, requirements there. But uh, this had temporary insurance on it. So the person selling it drove the car around the block with me in it. But that's not the same as being in the driver's seat. Because again, you're holding the steering wheel. You can feel vibrations in the wheel. You can see what happens going left and going right. So you'll be able to tell a lot more by sitting in that driver's seat than sitting in the passenger seat. Uh, I did get in and we went for a drive, but I did not take a test drive. I didn't check and see how all the shifting worked. I didn't. I did ask to make sure that the cruise worked and I did watch that the cruise control did work. Uh, I did check all the gauges, the heater, the air conditioning, all of that, power mirrors and things like that, but I was not driving. so. That was a little bit of it. There is stuff that I noticed immediately upon purchasing it and buying it that would have been pretty big red flags. They were giant red flags, dude. Giant red flags. You missed them uh, that I didn't notice. So just wanted to put that out there. You know, it can be really easy because it happened to me. I just got distracted by how this fits so many needs that I didn't look at some of the things that caught my eye. I was more focused on other stuff. Not that the, the car has some cool features. It's got some really cool things. The rear seats fold down so you can like be in couch mode. It's freaking awesome. Uh, they also fold flat going forward, but they like recline so you can like, be in a movie theater almost. But yep, yep, yep. That's okay because we went through all the stuff that I discovered after I bought it, which uh, I didn't check. And uh, yeah, this is a big one. This is a actually a tough one for me to talk about. But uh, assuming that people are telling you everything about what's happening, <laughs> bajillion analogies right now. Um, but that was that was a hard one. Uh, it can be really easy to project one's own honesty and one's own values on others, and there may not be that level of coming back. Uh, it, it may not be intentional. It may not be that anybody is purposely hiding things, but there is a lot to be said about if the question is not asked, that the information may not be volunteered. So asking questions is really important. 
even if they might make you uncomfortable or might make the seller uncomfortable, it's important to ask those questions. Has it been an accident? Well, I don't know. Okay. Is that a red flag big enough to walk away from or something you're okay with? Only you can answer that. Can I do a Carfax? Can I do this? Can I do this? What do you know about this? Why is this over here? Why is this air freshener in here? Air fresheners, especially brand new ones, are often used to hide things. Uh, I found that out afterwards. Uh, you know, super duper cleaning the engine so it looks really, 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 really clean on a car with 150,000 miles uh, can be a way to hide things. It looks pretty. You're not going to notice that you're not going to open things and see what's happening. You're not going to go underneath, maybe. So it... Uh, well, everyone strives to be honest and open and transparent. Uh, it's not necessarily something that you can assume. So asking those tough questions, uh, sticking up for yourself and being sure in what you're looking for and having the confidence to walk away or say no if something doesn't meet your criteria. I mentioned that uh, beautiful F-150 I test drove, it had been smoked in. I didn't think to ask about had the vehicle been smoked in, but I couldn't drive it. I was friggin' sick. You know, I pulled over and anyways, long, we, don't, we don't need to go into that, but I mean, I didn't ask that. You know, one of the first questions I ask now, if I'm emailing somebody, has it been smoked in? Because now I know I can't be in a smoked in vehicle. So yeah. And was that something that was advertised? Was that something on the Carfax or anything that, no, no, it was not. But I know now that is a immediate deal breaker for me. There is no, oh, it's possible, oh, for the right price. No, it's a no. It's a no. So it was good. And yeah, that was a tough one, but I wanted to share some of the stuff that went well, some of the things that I did do right. Uh, end, end your day on a high note, right? I knew my budget. I knew exactly what my budget was, and this vehicle was significant or was at the low end of my budget. So that was great uh, to the point that I thought, hey, wow, there might actually be a way to get this little one to uh, do stuff with and maybe even get an older truck that needs a bunch of work and still be within the budget that I had. So uh, I knew my budget and I stuck within it. That was good. I knew about what I would pay for the vehicle and that was good. The, you know, the, the price that I paid it was within my budget and it was what I was comfortable paying by reading the ad. So I felt it was good for both myself and for the seller. Wasn't low ball, wasn't high ball. It was good for what it was. Well, we'll see, but I felt good about it. Uh, I did ask questions. I didn't ask all the questions, but I did ask the questions, even if it wasn't super comfortable for me to ask it, because again, this is a big purchase. Uh, to me, it's a big deal, a vehicle. I, use my vehicle a lot. I rely on my vehicle. I depend on my vehicle. So it is a big purchase and it, it is important and I need to know things about it. And I'm not about to sacrifice myself or sacrifice any of those values I hold uh, to make someone else maybe feel good. So yeah, I mean, we went through all the stuff I discovered after I bought it. Um, that would have been great to know ahead of time. Uh, and this was a really, really big one because I found this through Craigslist. 
and there are pros and cons of all the different buying platforms. And if you've ever been a buyer and if you've ever been a seller, you know that lots of things are actually things. Uh, I'm going to totally be there at two o'clock and the person no shows. Uh, people that lowball you immediately with cash. Uh, gosh, what else is there? Uh, people that send repetitive emails, uh, people that send threatening emails. Uh, these are all things. Uh, I did not realize that they were things until I listed stuff on Craig Craigslist and sold it. Until I was looking for a place to live or was looking for a vehicle or was looking for parts for my car or did buy different things, the different ways that people behave. It's interesting. Human psychology is interesting. What I am proud of for this is I saw the vehicle. I sent an email. I sent some simple questions. I was respectful. Hey, saw your ad on Craigslist. Would love to know more. Here are five or six questions about it. Um, would love to take a look. If I get a chance, here's my name. Here's my phone number. Now, you, that may be too much. So, you know, even just putting, hey, saw your ad, uh, have some more questions about it. Here's my questions. Thanks for your time. Just these are like simple, simple, simple courtesies that we can do for each other. And yeah, that got me a reply. And when the person replied, I said, thank you very much. Uh, here's my phone number. Uh, what's a good number to call you at? What's a good time to call you at? Remember, not everybody wants to spend their entire life on things. Not everybody does the 24-7, you should be answering a text within 10 seconds type of deal. Uh, some people don't do that. Some people have kids. Some people are, well, it's just more, people have boundaries, so respect them. So again, I, I was polite, I was respectful. Uh, I asked when a good time to call would be. I called at that time, I spoke to the person. I said, hey, I can be in the car in, or I can have someone with me. We could be there in an hour and a half. Does that work for you? And realize that, and you know, you don't know who you're getting. So some people will hold something and expect that you're going to be there and expect you to buy it. Some people will say, nope, first come, first serve. If it's sold, it's sold. Don't know, don't care. It just depends on the person. So I just said, hey, I'm here. It's going to take me an hour to get there. Uh, if no one's bought it right now, Hey, I can be there in an hour and a half, but if somebody does let me know, cause there's no point for me to drive the whole freaking way out there and turn around with nothing. I don't really need to have that experience in my life. So please be respectful. You know, if it's not something that fits your criteria, Hey, thanks. Going to look somewhere else, you know, but if you are going to take the effort to connect with someone, if you are going to take the effort to drive out and meet someone or get there and meet someone or take it for a test or whatever, like, please, please, please be respectful. Nobody enjoys their time being wasted. Um, now that's not to say, hey, you get out there and you discover there's a whole bunch of issues with it. Well, okay. That's stuff you discovered by inspecting it. That's something to be expected. Expected. You know, I didn't know the smoke thing till I got in it and test drove. And I was like, wow, okay, dude, your truck's freaking awesome. I would have offered this number for it, but I can't physically be in it with the windows closed. So that's something you find out by trying. And that about wraps up all the stuff I had to say. I wanted to share the story because I thought that this would be helpful and beneficial for people that are out there. Uh, there's some 
it's a big purchase. It's a big deal to get a new vehicle or a new to you vehicle. And it's something that people tend not to do so frequently. You know, I mean, every few years, maybe every decade, maybe really, really depends on what happens, but it is a big purchase. It's a big deal. And you know, that industry is known for, or not known for their truthfulness and forthcoming information and or transparency in pricing or what's actually going on. It's a lot of, a lot of weird, hidden, shadowy stuff. So being being true to yourself, knowing knowing what you want to ask, knowing what you're looking for, and looking at a number of different things, it's really important when you are buying a vehicle. And in this case, buying a used vehicle. You know, there's a lot more that uh, may come up. So I hope that this has helped. I hope this is something you can all uh, apply to your life. And I mean, you don't even necessarily have to have this for a car. It could be for buying a house. It could be what else would you buy that would be something as, I don't know, a bicycle, something, basically anything used. These questions to ask, is it going to work for you? Um, and you're the only one that can decide that. So uh, yeah, from uh, the other side, going through that super duper fun, exciting experience, this is uh, what happened. But hey, <laughs> hopefully you got entertained. <laughs> and uh, I know... Oh, uh, Probably in not too long, I'll be able to laugh at the. Oh, well, I'm laughing at this anyway. So yeah, that's already gone. It's already done. It's in the past. But uh, it was quite the experience to go through. So may your experience be different than mine was. All right. Thank you, friends. On that note, it looks like the heavy rain is stopping. The sun is trying to come out. I hear them birds chirping again. And uh, I think it's going to be a nice afternoon. So uh, going to go and find me a truck. We'll catch you on the flip flop. Thanks for listening to the Wisdom of the Wilderness. All righty then. That is the end of today's episode. Thank you very much for joining me, friends. I appreciate you spending part of your day with me. I hope you get a chance to go outside and breathe in some fresh air, or that you've already been outside and perhaps you're even listening to this at the end of an incredible adventure. If you get a chance, it would be wonderful if you could leave a review at the podcast hosting platform that you found this on, whether that's Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, a whole bunch of other things. Drop a review. That is fantastic. It helps spread the word, share the benefits of nature, and share some of these inspiring and empowering stories of what we can all do when we put our minds toward it. Spring is in the process of spraying here where I am. I hope that things are starting to look oh, look brighter, smell sweeter, uh, get warmer wherever you are. And we will catch you next week for another episode.